Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 281 of the Tick Boot Camp podcast. The title of today's interview is My Promise to Alex, an interview with author Jody Hudson. My name is Alexandra Castellanos. And my name is Richard Johansson. Folks, we have a special episode of Thick Bootcamp podcast for you this week. And we have two really powerful women, two powerful moms who are both authors and they have parented line. And we thought it would be perfect to have these two people come together with Alex Castellanos as the co-host because they actually had a pre-existing relationship prior to the publication of My Promise to Alex. It's been such an honor to know Jody and to know her journey. I was given the opportunity to pre-read her book, My Promise to Alex Through Pain Comes Purpose. Jody asked me for input and for me to even leave a quote on her book, which I was really blessed to do. After reading the book several times, every time I read it, I had a different emotional experience. We've come full circle and I feel so privileged to guest co-host Jody Hudson today. Without further ado, I introduce Jody Hudson, author of My Promise to Alex Through Pain Comes Purpose. Hello, Jody Hudson and Alex Castellanos, and welcome to the Tick Bootcamp Podcast. Good morning. Good morning, all. So I want to thank both of you for rejoining us. Uh, we have had uh, an opportunity to interview Jody on episode 86 of the podcast. That was the Bluebird episode, an interview with Jody Hudson. And for those of you who want to know more about Jody's background, please uh, refer to that episode. And of course, uh, you all know that um, Alex Castellanos has become one of our favorite people. Uh, we interviewed her and her daughter, Maddie, on episode 200. And um, Alex has been kind enough to co-host with me once before. And uh, we worked together on episode 263. And I guess it didn't go too badly because Alex agreed to rejoin <laughs> me as a special co-host for the second time. So thank you so much, Alex, for joining me. Uh, for a second time. No, thank you guys. So today we're going to uh, talk about uh, a really powerful book uh, that uh, I read recently, uh, My Promise to Alex, uh, Through Pain Comes Purpose, written by Jody Hudson and Jody's um, now written version of what you shared with us in episode 86. So Jody, why don't you first begin to talk with us about uh, the, the inspiration for this book, meaning why did you write this book? Sure. So I never, um, you know, intended to, to be an author, nor did I intend to lose a, a daughter to Lyme disease. But in March of 2018, when Alex passed away, um, I knew that there was something that I needed to do to carry on her legacy. I knew that I just didn't want to be identified as a grief girl, right? I wanted to be able to inspire others. Um, and I wanted Alex's life as well as her suffering to, to mean something. So um, she passed in March and of September, I started thinking um, that I needed to get her story out of my head. There was so much that had happened that even my closest, my inner circle um, didn't realize what it what was going on because from 2017 to 2018, uh, before Alex passed, I was just trying to save my daughter. I didn't have time to bring everybody along on the journey, right? I was just go dog go. So I started thinking, all right, I've got to get this out of my head. And I just sat down one evening and started typing words on the, the laptop. And it was tough. Like, I think it was part of the, the healing that I needed to, to go through 
to be able to, to move on. I didn't go through a, a support group. I didn't go through any of that after Alex passed because I just had so many projects and things that I wanted to, to, to do to carry on her legacy. But I, I started writing and four months later, I had 50,000 words. And like I said, I'm not a, an author. I'm not a writer by trade at all. Um, but I knew then it was a divine moment. Something had happened and I really needed to make sure I did the story justice and I needed to make sure that I got this story out and it was a story to be shared with so many individuals. Um, yeah, it just, it just happened naturally. So Jody, one of the things that I discovered when I read the book and, that, and this was actually after I had invited Alex to be my co-host is that one of the people who um, had reviewed the book before it was published and ultimately wrote a really beautiful passage introducing us to the book was my co-host, Alex Castellano. Yeah. So I have to admit on some level, there was a little jealousy that I didn't get an advanced <laughs> copy and I wasn't given the same opportunity that Alex was given. But so Alex, talk to us about what it was like to be uh, given the privilege of reading this beautiful book before it was published and, and to have an opportunity to give Jody some input uh, before it was put out into the world. Definitely, no. Um, so I met Jody. my goodness, I we met through Hannah, um, someone else that that uh, that has Lyme. So I was introduced through Jody that way. And I remember also seeing the Alex Hudson Foundation when my daughter Madeline was sick. And I just remember, you know, just doing some research and looking and looking. And then, um, and then somehow we ended up just crossing paths. And I felt this immediate connection with Jody. I hope it's the same, <laughs> but Absolutely. I really did. Something resonated with yeah. us. And um, maybe it's, you know, a mom, a mom thing, but I feel so close to Jody. I actually look up to Jody so, so much. And, um, even when I found out that she was going to be interviewed for this, this for me was like, oh my gosh, if I, like, who's my dream, you know, person that I could interview, it always, it would always be Jody. it would be you. Um, sorry, but to get back to the book, um, I just, I wanted to talk about how, how I met you. I met you through, through Hannah and, you know, we just would send a couple of messages here and there. And then uh, you had mentioned that you were writing a book and I just thought, wow. Because I mean, Jody had a story to share, Alex's story, and I knew it was going to help so many mothers out there. Because um, there's really nothing out there like this, and the way Jody writes and the way Jody shares Alex's journey with, you know, the mast cell and the lie, because it ultimately um, it just really, you know, it ravished and it, it did a lot, you know, there. So. Um, I, I don't think that we have anything out there like that. And you just share so much in regards to your relationship with Alex. It's just a really beautiful, beautiful story. And I, I'm so honored, Jody. Thank you for allowing me to read it because um, it just meant so much to me. You are amazing. I literally, I just, I'm in awe of you. Uh, you're, you're very um, sweet. I, you know, I, I, I think one of the reasons um, why I wanted to send it to Alex and send it to a mom who, you know, went through what I went through with my own daughter was, it was so important for me to, again, not being a writer, 
I, I needed to make sure that I was um, capturing Alex's story in a way that people would get it. People would understand, right? Am I putting in too much? Am I putting in too little? Does it make sense? I mean, I just, my goal was, gosh, it just, I could get one or two people to say, yes, I understand this. This all makes sense. Then that would be great. And when I gave the, the manuscript to, to Alex and she um, responded back in the manner that she did, I'm like, oh, thank you, God. Yes, this is going to be the story that, you know, Alex wants me to write, that God wants to, to get out and that I know um, it's, it's going to resonate with people. So having her affirmation gave me so much confidence. So she doesn't even realize that. I, I, I think I've told her before, but um, yeah, she really propelled me in this journey just by her confidence in me. All right, so Alex, now you now I have to put you on the spot. How does it feel <laughs> to know now that God acted through you and spoke through you and put it on Jody's heart that um, you know she now had the validation she needed to go forward with putting this book into right. the Right, no, it's so beautiful. And I, I'm looking at it right now, Jody. I mean, I've, I've read your book and, and I... I no other people are going to, I've read your book at least like three times. It's just wow. really, really quick. I just love, it and I feel like every time I read it, there's something else there that I'm learning or that I'm connecting with this last time that I read it. It was really the first time and it makes my heart so happy. It was the first time that I didn't cry. I read it and I read it as, um, as a mom, just having a connection with you and with Alex. And I, like, my heart was open and I was happy. And I finally, I feel like I had closure, you know, um, it's, it's just so beautiful. You would never know this is your first book, Jody. And I hope, I hope there's more. <laughs> so Jody, let's, let's talk about the title first, right? Because the purpose of our conversation today is to share with the world how this book could be helpful to other people on the journey. And I think this book would be helpful to anyone on the journey themselves. I think this book would be very helpful to any parent or any family member who is on the journey with someone who is going through this. And I think it would be um, a helpful uh, book for anyone who is you know, in a position where they love someone who is Lyme disease. So let's talk about the title first, because I was really moved by the title even before I read the book, which is A Promise to Alex, Through Pain Comes Purpose. Why did you, why did you use the subtitle Through Pain Comes Purpose? Oh, gosh. So in the moment when Alex passed, and I tell people that that was her greatest moment, it was my hardest moment, because you both have read the book and, and you know um, that just in, in that moment um, when she passed, she gave me a parting gift where she, you know, looked up, um, opened up her eyes and smiled this beautiful smile for the, the last time. And then she put her head back on the pillow and she passed. And I knew that, you know, I had to make something of that. She as I gave her permission to move on, she was giving me permission to move on with what I needed to do um, with the foundation, with writing this book and to make something of all this pain and suffering that she went through. And, you know, when, when people asked me after Alex passed, you know, how do you get out of bed in the morning? God, that would just like bring me to my knees. I wouldn't be able to, to move forward. And I, was so startled by people asking me that because I thought, 
how do you not move on? Your child just went through one of the most, you know, awful, um, you know, year of this pain and the suffering of people not believing of everything that she went through. How do I just sit back and, and do nothing about that? And so as painful as it was for me to lose Alex, I knew in that moment I had to do more. So that was by starting this foundation, by eventually, you know, writing this book, getting her, her story out. Alex and I were always one with everything that we had done in our, our lives, just because of um, everything that we had gone through uh, personally. And it was just a continuation of that. Yes, she's not here with me physically, but we're still doing this together. She, she gave me the words to write this book. She, you know, gave me the motivation, the inspiration to write this book and to continue to move forward with what she wanted to have done, which was to be that Lyme warrior, which was to give people hope, which despite everything that she went through, she still showed up every day and said, I'm going to beat this disease. And she didn't. But my hope is that by people reading the story, no matter what they are going through in life, they will see that perseverance, they will see that determination, and they will see someone that never gave up until God called her back home. I mean, she never took pain medication, Rich. And you know, for people that have chronic illness, I'd be the first one to say, you know what, give me that tray of whatever you've got, because I, I need to numb this pain. Alex wanted to be so present for that journey of whatever it was that God was, you know, bringing her through. So yeah, I, I had to do something with, with all that pain that she suffered and that I suffered losing a child and I had to create purpose from it. Well, let's talk about the grief cycle um, because uh, as moms, both of you had to go through the grief cycle when you, when you discovered that your, your children were sick and that, uh, and that you, know, you were going to have to have a very different relationship with your children, right? And we understand the grief cycle to begin with denial, right? And then after denial, we get to anger. And after anger, uh, we, we, you know, we get to um, sadness and sometimes depression. Uh, we, we then take the next step to bargaining and ultimately we get to acceptance, right? And in some cases, people just stay in the grief cycle and they just cycle down and cycle downward and cycle downward and just can't get out of the grief and therefore can't get to a point where they can heal. There are some people who get out of the grief cycle, right? By, by creating something new. Right. And and they find a purpose. And both of you, I think, are models for finding purpose, uh, not only purpose uh, in helping your own children, but uh, purpose in creating foundations, in writing books and ultimately becoming advocates uh, in the community. So talk to us about how um, important it is to get out of the grief cycle and ultimately find purpose first for you and then for your children. Alex, do you want to go first? No, no, no. I'd, I'd love to hear from you. Okay. From yes. So, so yes. Yeah, so definitely for me, um, I think I always operated best in project mode, even when Alex was going through um, the 40 doctors, um, even as we were going cross country in that last year, trying to find facility after facility, doctor after doctor, treatment after treatment that was going to cure her. I, I, didn't stay in my emotions. It was like, 
okay, here's a checklist, boom, boom, boom. Let's just, you know, keep moving forward doing this. When she passed, I kind of did the same thing too. I, I was, all right, you know, I, I've got to do this step next. I've got to, you know, this money's pouring in, um, you know, in, in honor of Alex, what am I going to do with it? Um, start the foundation. Okay, now I'm I'm going to do events to, you know, let people know about this foundation that I've created. I was always just in, in project mode. And for me, that helped me deal with my grief. Um, it wasn't until I started writing this book where I really actually allowed myself to feel the grief, to go, wow, God, Jody, like you, you just went through some hell. Like I didn't even realize, I think I was still in a, in PTSD, I was still in trauma. I didn't realize until I started writing this and putting into words what I had lived, what I had gone through. And I'm like, I don't even believe what I'm, the words that I'm, I'm writing. And that just gave me greater purpose and strength to make sure that I did a good job with this book. Cause I really wanted people to see the horrors of this disease and, you know, letting people know how it affects not only the individual that has Lyme disease, but the parents, the siblings, the whole community around them. Um, because again, people didn't understand what I was going through. And then when they read this story afterwards, they just felt horrible. They're like, my gosh, you know, why didn't you reach out to me? And I'm like, I, I couldn't, I was just trying to survive. So for me, with the, the whole grief journey, it's always been a, attaching it to something greater than my emotions, because I think I just didn't really want to deal with, with my grief. I almost felt selfish, like, oh, I, I don't want to deal with my grief. I mean, look at everything that Alex went through. I mean, that, that was, you know, pain that was suffering. I'm just, no, I, I don't want to, you know, deal with that. Um, so writing this, this book definitely helped me to, um, put, you know, my, my, um, feelings in, in check and then hopefully to help others. Like, you know what, when you're going through these, these horrific things, go through the, the processes, you know, grieve however best you can, and then move forward with it. Like, so like create something from it. Let's focus on that a little bit more. And I, and I do want to get Alex's input on this. So one of the things we've come to observe through our almost 300 podcast episodes is that purpose is vital to healing. That yes. folks who are on the journey who do not have purpose have struggles with their healing journey, that you essentially become rudderless when you're, when you're suffering from this disease. And the people who ultimately get to purpose are the people who then go on a healing journey. So I've studied purpose because, I, because of, of that observation. And I think the leading expert on purpose, at least in the US, is a Cornell University professor named Anthony Burroughs. What Anthony Burroughs argues is that there are actually three paths to purpose and ultimately happiness. And we can't be fulfilled unless we achieve we, we find our purpose. And, and he argues that one of the ways that we get to purpose is through a, a, you know, a life altering event. And I think that's certainly something that happened with both of you. So um, Alex, give me your perspective on how this life altering event led you to purpose and how that allowed you to help your daughter go on a healing journey and ultimately write your beautiful book, uh, Miley's Lime Story, which I'm holding up uh, for uh, Alex uh, on camera, but this is an audio podcast. So I don't know that I need to hold it up. <laughs> That's okay. No, thank you. Um, 
So I definitely, I, I went through it. I mean, there were times where I felt like I cried every single day because Madeline was so young and she didn't understand it. And I would just pray to God every single night. I would say, can you just give me the lime or can you just give me the confections and I'll, I'll deal with it and just leave Madeline alone. I mean, I was, um, I don't feel I was as gracious. <laughs> um, I, I was frustrated. I was scared more than anything. And I was probably more scared than anything because I, I already knew that we were in a chronic stage. And like I said, I've read Jody's book three times. This, it took me three times to truly understand pain comes purpose. And even though that is the motto and that's the theme of the whole book, I, it did not hit with me until this very last time. And I felt like I had healing. Like I finally understood, um, you know, I don't know, it's been maybe five or six years. <laughs> it's taken me this long to finally understand, you know, pain comes purpose. Um, so it's, it's finally hitting me because I'm understanding, you know, those feelings that I went through as a mom, you know, cause obviously you want to always take your child's pain away. You don't ever want them to go through, you know, the pain and the suffering. You'll just take it away from them and see how you can do it. And then when you're unable to do that, oh, it feels like torture. And Jody, I mean, I know what Alex went through was, you know, um, I can't even describe it or put it into words what she went through. And I can't even imagine what it felt like for you just having to go through that. And I know it, it must have felt like just boom, boom, boom. We just have to get this done. And I'm just, um, I'm still even in shock that, you know, Alex, you know, would find a list or find, you know, facilities to go to. And you guys were just, boom, let's, let's go, let's get this done. Let's call, you know, or Alex would write. Um, there's a lot of things that you guys did and it just, it really, it, it helped me heal. It really did. I mean, your book, like I said, it took me so long, but I finally understand pain comes purpose. And it was one of those things like I had to heal and I had to come up with, okay, I need to, you know, buckle up, get Madeline, you know, in remission. And I had always wanted to write that book and how am I going to do it? Where am I going to go? I think you might've been in the same boat too, right, Jody? How are we going to publish this thing? <laughs> oh gosh. Yes. I mean, and, and again, you know, I, I said, I'm not a, a writer at all. And I was kind of cursing my daughter as I was writing this going, you know, Alex, it really would have been easier if you journaled and blogged, but she didn't, all I had were her medical records. Right. So I'm trying to recreate everything that um, she lived through, but you know, Alex, you had said something I want to touch on. Um, I, I remember at so many different points in Alex's um, journey, I was just this twisted sister because as parents, we want to fix things. We're the fixers, right? Something happens with your child, you fix it. I couldn't fix this and it was driving me crazy. I would scream at God. I would say, listen, here's the deal. You either take her right now or heal her, but this in between this purgatory, this hell, I can't keep doing this any longer. Like I just don't have the bandwidth to do it. And that's where I had to start turning this around and really getting my own strength to help my daughter because I was, I was losing it. I just had so many emotions running through, but, um, 
Yeah, it's a journey that we don't wish on anybody for sure. So Jody, so the, I think the first reason why we want to recommend this book to folks is it shows them a path out of the grief cycle so that they can find purpose and ultimately move forward with helping their family members, um, if it's a family member that you're helping, or if you are yourself on the journey, getting through the grief cycle so that you can now read the body signals that are available to you and start to take steps to help in all the different ways that you can help. I, obviously, the second reason why we want to advocate for people to read this book, and I think Alex just gave us a beautiful outline, is it will also help people to heal. It will give them a framework for healing as it did for Alex, who had been on her own journey. And because of her reading your book, it gave her a framework for healing, gave her some peace, knowing that there's some closure in her own life. So two really powerful reasons why we have to advocate for people for reading this book. So now let's talk about a third reason that I found to be really powerful. And the third reason I found really powerful is I think if you are a patient on the journey or you're somebody who, who is managing chronic Lyme disease, unfortunately, it's hard for you to see what everyone else is going through, right? And, and it's another one of these sort of destructive cycles that kind of develops in so many cases where Lyme is an isolating disease, right? But part of the reason why it's isolating is not only because you're sick, but you can't you know, you're not healthy enough to be able to let other people know what your needs are so that they can provide you with the help that many people who love you want to provide for you. Right. So now what your book does is it sort of gives both sides of this so that it can give the patient an understanding of what their family members are going through so they know how to communicate with their family members about what they need. So talk about how that was an important perspective that you wanted to share when writing this book. Right. So I... You know, gosh, the whole, you know, validity and, and having people believe in a disease that the medical community, um, you know, still is so ignorant on is, is tough. I mean, when you get Lyme disease, not only are you, you know, battling to figure out your own treatment, but you're battling to, you know, figure out doctors um, to, to help you navigate through this, and as well as, you know, educating family and, and friends. So, with this book, I really wanted to um, be vulnerable with Alex's story and with my story and really let people into our private world, so to speak, like what it really felt like. Um, and and I'm, I'm hoping that through this book, people can see the journey that um, an individual with Lyme disease takes. It's a very lonely journey because we can't understand. I, for one, as a parent, couldn't even understand everything that Alex was suffering the, the pain. I didn't get it when she would say, you know, my, my legs are burning. I have this numbing pain, all these things that she was trying to explain to me. And I just couldn't comprehend it. Um, so, so hopefully this, you know, book will, will help others to understand what a Lyme patient goes through. It will also help to, um, you know, just, uh, provide, um, uh, like I said, a, a glimpse into that world for the, the medical community. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so Alex, uh, unfortunately, many relationships are destroyed by Lyme disease. And there are a lot of different reasons why relationships are destroyed. But one of the things that we've discovered from the folks who have been able to maintain relationships uh, is that communication is the key. When you read the book, Alex, did you feel um, that you had a better understanding about how 
folks can communicate when they're on the journey, whether they be the, the, the patient themselves or the family member who's supporting them, how communication can improve between the patient and the support system, and then how the, the communication can, um, can improve between the support system and the larger community of people who, uh, who would be interested in helping um, folks on these journeys. Right, so in reading, in reading the book, I even felt Jody was communicating to me, um, you know, a lot about mast cell. I actually was not very familiar with mast cell. Jody did an amazing job, um, you know, really going in there and, you know, I, I hate to say this, but dumbing it down because I really needed that. So thank you for communicating that um, and telling us and sharing about that because even my mother had read this. Uh, my mom was like, we need to get this in every doctor's office just because, you know, going back to how well written it is, um, I think anybody can really take this in and truly understand, you know, the symptoms, how one is living. And, you know, there's several times in there that you say, you know, Alex is listing her symptoms and you're like, wow, like you feel like this 24 seven, you know, but it's almost like a question mark, like how, how can someone feel this way? Um, because, a lot of people don't understand that. And I'll even say, I know, um, even when um, my Madeline, you know, when she was little and she's telling me my legs hurt, I'm tired. Um, that's her way of letting me know, hey, mom, I don't feel good, but it's my job to take that in. And I'm going to say, okay, is Madeline really tired or is she lazy or is it the sun or is it growing pains? And I, you know, Jody, as, as a mom, it's like, how do we decipher what that is in regards to, you know, them telling us like what's hurting them and what's bothering them. And then sharing that with other people, because I still have an issue. Um, even right now, um, we've been fine or Madeline has been completely fine with Lyme, but I'm noticing we're slipping back into a realm that I'm not excited about. Um, and you know, we were supposed to go to the zoo and it's difficult for me to explain to other people why all of a sudden we can't go to the zoo when Madeline has been perfectly fine and a poster child for at least a year and a half, um, but she can't walk. She can't handle that kind of a, a physical day right now. So we had to X that out. But, um, you know, there's a lot of people that understand. And I think over through the years, because they know our story, but I don't think that they really understand that it's, it can come back and it can right. be that nightmare again. Right. And Alex, you know, you touched on something and I went blank earlier, um, oh, yes. but, but writing out the, the symptoms, right. Because I was trying to figure out everything that, you know, was going on with Alex's body and, you know, we were getting PTSD because we would be taking her to these different, um, doctors and facilities and the ER units, and she'd be dismissed as just having anxiety. And I was like, you know, the, the drama parent and really trying to, you know, get, get a handle on Alex, tell me exactly how you're feeling and, and where it hurts. And I would have her make these lists out and I look at it and go, gosh, there's just like no way that this all could be, you know, happening in one body. But I think that's such an important message for those that are listening to this talk right now is, you know, definitely being your own advocate, you know, you know, your body better than anybody else, making those lists, helping to educate your caregiver, your, your mom and dad, whoever is helping you in this process, 
And I think this book, um, you know, does a, a pretty good job on that and dumbing it down, right? Just making it very simplistic. So anyone who's, you know, touched by Lyme disease or a chronic illness can, can communicate that better to the medical community, to people that are taking care of them. Because I think that was the hardest thing for Alex. And she got frustrated with me so many times. She's like, mom, you have to believe me, all this hurts. And that's, that's why I would, you know, give her that power and say, Alex, then educate me, help me to help you, right? To tell other people where it hurts, how it hurts so we can get you better. So that's so important for, for people to do that. So let's talk about this as, as parents, right? Because one of the things that we have to do as parents is we have to help our children to learn how to read their own body signals, right? Yes. And, and quite frankly, as adults, we're in most cases not as good at doing that even as we could be, right? There are just so many things that interfere with the signals that we receive. And one of the things that I've been talking with Matt about recently, we've, we've been developing in some of these podcasts, is this, is this argument that we know our bodies best. And although I think that is empowering on some level because it does give us the authority to describe to medical professionals how we feel, but there are a lot of things that are interfering with the body signals that we receive. And we don't always know how to deal with that, with the interference that's coming from these signals. I know with young people, children, like both of you had to do it, they certainly didn't know their own bodies. They certainly didn't know um, how to read their signals. And they certainly didn't know what the interference was, right? Because pain is going to interfere with signals. Um, you know, um, uh, people who are invalidating you and gaslighting you are going to interfere with signals. Your desire to be, um, uh, to be liked, and in some cases, a desire, desire to be a people pleaser, are going to interfere with your signals, right? Because pleasing someone is going to be more important than the signal you're receiving, right? This whole suck it up culture is another thing that, you know, like, are you really sick? Are you really, are you just being whiny? Suck it up kind of thing, right? So we have all of these different channels being interfered with because of these cultural pieces. So talk to us about how, you know, you two now know how to empower parents to empower children to first read their own signals and then communicate those signals so that healthcare providers will have better information to um, help to diagnose and treat us. Do you wanna go ahead and take that, Alex? <laughs> you know what, I, I was, I was gonna ask you too, but I, I do wanna hop in first because you said something and it, it really resonated with me right now. You said to Alex, you know, help me understand you know, your symptoms and what's going on so that I can help you so that I can be ultimately your, your advocate. Right. And that to me is just everything. It's like, Alex is not alone. She has a partner here. She has someone that's going to fight with her, not for her, but with her. And I think that right there is just everything. It's all about really sharing and opening up with, it can be one person. It could be multiple people. It could be even something online, you know, share your symptoms and share your feelings and, and get it out and what's happening. So Alex, isn't the bigger picture there though? What Judy did is she said, I believe you first. Oh yeah. Second, read your signals because only you can tell me how you're feeling. Then teach me or describe to me so that we can together advocate. So it's really like a three-step process that she went right. through where she was validating. 
She was instructing her to, to rely on her feelings. And then she was teaching her on how to articulate those feelings. And, and so is that specifically what you're doing, Jody, or, or am I reading more into it than? Uh... No, no. You know what? I think um, definitely with um, Lyme disease, it gets such a bad rap, right? There's such a stigma mm-hmm. associated with it. And Alex had so many naysayers. Um, she lost friends. So fine. Mm-hmm. She, I mean, it was, it was terrible. I mean, even her own family didn't believe that she had the disease. And just by me standing by her side and saying, you know what, I don't even know what this disease is, but I believe in you. And together we are going to, you know, see you through and, and get you better. That was everything for her. And every time we had doors slammed on us, she wasn't doing it by herself, right? I was there with her. So, I mean, that really, I think, helped to, to give her the perseverance and the determination and the, the spunk to say, all right, you know what? They just slammed, you know, the door on our face, but we're going to walk through this other door. I mean, it just gave us, you know, fuel to the, the fire to get to the, to the right people. But you have to, to believe people when they are telling you that there's something wrong. You might not understand it, and that's the thing that still to this day, and don't get me started because that could be for a whole nother episode, <laughs> but to educate our medical community, all right, we, we know that there's, you know, a, a doctor cannot be everything to everybody, right? I mean, I, I understand that, but you need to listen. If, if somebody is coming to you, then there's something wrong with them. And it's between the doctor and the patient to figure this out together. Just don't, you know, be dismissive. Don't just say, because you don't understand what your patient is telling you that you're just going to walk away from it, or you're just going to not believe that there's something wrong with them. Right. And for people that are listening to this episode, if you are finding doctors that are not listening to you, there's a million other doctors that you can go to. You know, Alex and I went to over 40 plus doctors until we finally found the one that believed in her and, um, you know, diagnosed her with the the proper um, diagnosis. But yeah, you got to keep on believing in yourself, keep fighting for answers. We're all entitled to that, right? Our our health is is so important and you've got to get your team together. You've got to find that, you know, core team that's going to help you through this. And I was fortunate that um, we did have wonderful people like Lonnie Markham with LymeDisease.org, who's, um, you know, has a section in my book talking about mast cell activation syndrome and some other things. There are people out there that will help you in your fight. So don't give up. Don't ever give up. And guess what? If you can't find somebody, then you call me or write out, write, write to me and I will help you. I will be your advocate. So Jody, let's let's talk about another one of the really important reasons why folks should be reading your book. We've already come up with probably 10, but let's come up with number 11, right? And, and, and number 11 is, of course, is that um, Lyme disease presents in a number of different ways. It, yes. it has a diverse set of presentations. It's called, of course, the great imitator. And because there are so many uh, different presentations and because it can imitate, imitate so many different diseases, it's perplexing to the medical community. So one of the things that we've observed is more times than not, the diagnosis comes from the patient first and imposes upon the doctor the duty to go through the testing and then to still stay with the patient on the diagnostic journey 
um, even when the testing, which is flawed, we know, um, doesn't come back with a positive uh, test. So talk about, let's talk about that piece of your journey where, um, where you, you reached out to a larger community, you got support from the larger community, and you know, Matt and I call it you know, bro science or sister science, where we have somebody telling us that they believe we have Lyme disease because our symptoms mirror something in their journey, which then puts us in a position where we can go to the uh, medical community and advocate for ourselves. Oh gosh, you know, I, I don't wish any health crises on anybody. I don't wish cancer on anybody. I don't wish Lyme disease on anybody, but Lyme disease is very tricky. And, and I tell people, you know, when you're diagnosed with cancer, it's a pretty good roadmap of what you need to do. You get diagnosed with Lyme disease and here's your buffet. Okay, here's doctors you can choose from. Here's treatments that you can choose from. And maybe they'll work, maybe they won't. I mean, it's so exhausting, Alex, as you know, not only having your child to you know, be diagnosed with this um, complex disease, but even harder to find the, the proper treatment. And definitely in Alex's case, we just you know ran out of time. We didn't have time to, to get that leg up on it after 10 years of being misdiagnosed. But for me, yes, I, I'm not a shy person at all. And when I found out that Alex, you know, was diagnosed with Lyme disease, I just started reaching out. I mean, we have this thing called Google, right? Use it to your best advantage. I was just researching and, and trying to figure out who the, the best people are to, to you know, um, uh, to work with. And that's how I came across Lonnie Markham and others in the, in the Lyme community. And this Lyme community is a very tight community. Everybody, everybody is willing to help others and to share information and to share doctors and to, to share treatments. Um, I mean, Lonnie painstakingly, you know, for weeks talked me through it. And her daughter, Savannah, who is Alex's age, who also had the same symptoms as Alex did, was Alex's hero, right? They were, so it was just beautifully orchestrated by God that I had Lonnie and Alex had Savannah. And so I, I really encourage people when they um, are faced with a, a chronic illness like Lyme disease to do your homework and to find those champions in your corner that can really help guide you and, and walk you through this. Rich, before 2017, I'd never heard of Lyme disease, right? I mean, how, how can that be? That's not that many years ago, but I was ignorant. And when I did hear about Lyme disease, I thought, well, how can Alex have that? We live on the West Coast. So there's so much that we still have to do to, to bring this disease um, you know, where, where it needs to be, but um, definitely find those people in your corner that can, that can help you. And that can be that roadmap to doctors and to the information that you need. So Alex, talk about how important community has been to you uh, while you've been on your journey with your daughter, Madeline, um, because most people think of community in terms of emotional support. You can find other people who are like you and therefore the gaslighting and the invalidation will be less painful because you find um, people who are like you. But we've actually observed that the more important element of community is that you can find people to help you on the diagnostic and treatment journey because 
there's so little help from the medical community itself, you actually have to get it from the patient community and the family members who are supporting the patient community. So talk to us about what your journey has been like, Alex, um, as a member of the community. Right, so I've been, I've been very vocal about Facebook. I know that's where I found a lot of my Lyme moms um, it's been extremely helpful and instrumental for me. And especially with, um, you know, other symptoms that Madeline had displayed in the past. Also recently, um, my father connected me with someone that has, you know, symptoms, they can't find what's wrong with her. So I did share with her, you know, um, why don't you try hygienic? So it goes back to what you're saying, you know, in regards to, um, getting help and seeking help from other patients, other people that have lived through this and that have gone through it. Um, Jody and I, um, for me, I, I love um, being a part of Facebook groups, line groups specifically that are geared towards parents, not just universal line groups. I like the, the ones that are with parents, the ones with, um, you know, younger children. For me, um, I identify more with that because, you know, I have an, an age, an age range that I'm working with. So I, I feel like that's really important, but um, yeah, I, I feel like Facebook has been very, very, very instrumental. It's been very helpful. It's been very validating. Um, especially when I was a new mom with a child that was sick. Um, I wasn't crazy. <laughs> there was, other, there were other parents out there like me, um, it's so sad. I went on Facebook yesterday and I sent a screenshot to my mom and there's a mother on there and she's listing her child's symptoms. She's like, my child's falling asleep. My child's complaining of legs, um, you, you know, leg pain. My child's doing this. And I was like, oh my gosh, I said, this was Madeline, but I did not think Lyme disease. So, um, I, I definitely love communicating online. That's really where I found a lot of my, my help and my support. And to this day, I'm friends with a lot of moms that I've met on Facebook and our kids, you know, talk. So it's, it's really helpful. And it's really nice that Madeline knows that there's another child similar in her age that has the same thing, you know, Lyme and co-infections. You know, that's, and, and when you say that about Madeline, I know for Alex, um, from her, you know, bed, that was her, her source of communication is reaching out with others and feeling that she wasn't alone. Yes, she was physically alone, but she had a community. She had other people that were going through what she was going through. And so she didn't feel like she was this odd man out, right? It's like, okay, there are other people. It's not in my head, like so many of the doctors were telling her. So I think that was, you know, so important for her being in those um, Facebook communities. And, you know, with our uh, foundation, the Alex Hudson Lyme Foundation, we do have several resource tabs on our um, website page because I wanted to give people that jump start because it took me a while to, to get going when I found out that Alex had Lyme disease. You know, Lon, Lonnie was great, um, but it still took me a while. So I wanted to make sure that I could help others to have a quicker jump start because this disease, as we know, doesn't just sit back. Once you have it, it takes off and you've got to be, you know, aggressive and you've got to make sure that you are staying on, on top of it. So um, it's an, important for that information to be shared. So Jody, can you, can you give us some detail on mast cell, right? Because it is one of the presentations of Lyme disease. 
and uh, and we know that you know that there is a large subset of the Lyme disease community that has to deal with mast cell symptoms. So, can you share with us uh, what lessons you learned about mast cell and what you shared in the book? Again, as maybe the twelfth reason people should be reading this book. Mass, if you think Lyme disease is, is funky, then mast cell is like off the charts funky, right? So mast cell is mass um, cell activation syndrome. I'd never heard of it until, um, again, Lonnie, you should have Lonnie on the show, by the way, <laughs> if you haven't yet. She's, she has so much knowledge, but she is the one who connected me with Dr. Larry Afrin. And he is really the, the guru, the mast cell activation syndrome um, guru out of uh, New York there. So as mast cell, to dummy it down, um, we all have uh, antihistamines in our body, right? Those are good things, we, we need that. Um, but for a system that is out of whack and that's been um, compromised, mast cells, um, exaggerate your inflammation system. So let's say Rich, one day you're eating a piece of apple, no problem. The next day you try and have that same piece of apple. And now as you're consuming it, your system is sending off these um, histamine levels that are out of whack because they think that this is a foreign substance that's entering in your body and it's not good. So it's gonna do everything right now to sound the alarms. Well, as it's sounding the alarms, it is creating havoc throughout your body and everything is a million times um, horrific. So, you know, the inflammation and pain and all this other stuff just goes off the charts. Um, in Alex's case, she was limited to about 10 different types of foods that she could eat because of this mast cell activation syndrome. Um, she was limited to different types of water. When she started this journey, she was 122 pounds because of Lyme disease and mast cell activation syndrome. She passed away at 57 pounds. I mean, that's what mast cell does to your system. Um, I encourage people to, to read about it. We have a whole section of it on the Alex Hudson Lyme Foundation um, website, but in a nutshell, that's what mast cell activation syndrome is. It completely miswires your entire immune system. And essentially you have an allergic reaction to everything, right? And the allergic Correct. reaction ultimately causes your the immune system to go into overdrive and your body destroys itself. She had, you know, like anaphylactic shock. I mean, she would get throat closures. She would eat something and just immediately her skin would be on fire. Like think of it as a painful sunburn, right? And someone's like putting kerosene on it. And I mean, literally when, again, getting back to help me to, to help you so I can educate your doctors. And I would ask her, what does it feel like? Those were things that she would write down. Those were the descriptions. Um, can't, can't even imagine how, how painful it was for her. So let me ask the two of you another question. You know, one of the things that we find really frustrating about Lyme disease is, um, and I'm actually going to start doing some, some uh, videos on this, is it's a disease without a definition, right? If it, almost every person, every expert you ask to define Lyme disease will give you a different definition, right? Yes. The generally accepted definition is that it is, a, it is an infection caused by one strain of one form of a bacteria. But then you have other experts who will say it is a polymicrobial infection, right? Where it, it, is, it is 
multiple um, uh, germs. Some call it Lyme plus, some call it uh, um, other names. Then we have some that say we have to get divorced from Lyme disease, the word Lyme, because you know it just has so many different definitions, right? So we don't even have an agreement on what causes Lyme. We certainly don't have an agreement on what the symptoms are, whether they're acute system uh, symptoms or they're chronic symptoms, and what are the chronic symptoms because it presents so many different ways, right? Uh, and and I, I guess even even more interesting is we can't even agree on what what causes Lyme disease. Will it be a tick bite? Will it be a fly? Can it be sexually transmitted? So we, we have all of this diversity within the definitional element of something. And if you can't define something, how are you gonna ultimately um, you know, manage it or ultimately defeat it? So give me your thoughts as parents who are now facing this disease that simply doesn't have a definition about how you get it, what it'll do for you and how, how it will present. Therein lies the greatest problem, right? Problems. I mean, how do you fight for something that the medical community doesn't even know how to define, that everybody has different symptoms of, that you can't explain to others, even when you're trying to do interviews without people looking at you like, okay, she's a wackadoodle as well. I mean, it just, the, the stigmas just go on and on and on. And I think through this book, I'm trying to demystify, um, you know, some of what Alex endured, some of what I still endure, because I still feel like some people look at me like, you know, God, <laughs> a little questionable, because you can't make this stuff up. I mean, it's just so, again, it, it, and, I, and I hate to use cancer, I need to, you know, think of better things. But with cancer, it's, it's tried and true with this. There's just so many hard, hard things about it. So how do we make it easier? How do we put, you know, better research into it? How do we get doctors to all agree upon um, something? How, I don't know. I, I think Rich, I'm going to spend the rest of my life trying to figure out how to make this better for people because I do not want people to go through what Alex suffered and what I still continue to struggle with as I talk to people about it. There's got to be easier ways to break it down. Well, thank you. And, 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 I, and I thank you for dedicating your life to this. And I thank you for finding this purpose because it's going to be the moms that are ultimately going to win this battle. It's one of the reasons why we're asking moms to co-host with us because I don't have any faith that the medical system is going to be able to resolve this problem. I have absolutely no faith that the academics are going to be able to resolve this problem. Uh, I, but I have a lot of faith that moms are going to be able to resolve this. So as uh, one of my favorite moms, Alex, talk to me about uh, the challenges you've had to face with trying to help your daughter manage a disease without a definition. Yeah, so, um, you know, I, I think one of the hurdles is definitely even understanding it ourselves. I know, Jody, you said that you didn't even know what Lyme disease was. It wasn't even on your radar. And you think back, we're only in 2022. That was only five years ago. It wasn't even right. on my radar. So imagine us as moms, we're trying to figure out, okay, how are we going to you know, do the research and look this up. And I have people in my life that have Lyme disease. So it wasn't too new, but again, I was, I was the people that were trying to explain this to, I just thought, oh, okay, you have Lyme disease. You got bit, you're going to, you're going to be fine. And then I, you know, they still have some lingering symptoms, but it never clicked and it never, 
I never went past, I never went deep. It was very surface based with me, just, okay, they're still struggling. It's okay. Like they'll be fine. Um, but then when it comes into your own home and I wasn't really that well-versed about it. And then, um, I know you said that you weren't either. And it was like, okay, I need to like dive in and figure out what is going on too. And I need to research. I need to educate myself. I need to be better and smarter and faster than the doctors that are kind of come my way with like, you know, a one, two, like, this is not what your kid has <laughs> go home. So, um, in regards to that, I just think that, um, I think I, I don't know how to, how to say this in a better context, but I think I needed to communicate myself with myself first to swallow that so that I could better educate and communicate and share with others. Um, for example, yesterday I had said that, you know, my father introduced me to someone that has symptoms, um, for which we believe to be related to Lyme or is Lyme. Um, I wish you guys could see the, the messages that we're sharing because I sound crazy. I'm like, oh, you can't do the, the Western blot. I don't think that's going to work for you. And she's like, but why? And I'm like, I really would go through hygienics and I'm explaining to her, you know, how Lyme can hide and how Lyme can be, you know, a, a multiple basis of other things. And, you know, it's really just about finding how to um, communicate and to share without overwhelming people too. And without, um, without scaring them, because when you really just break it down, I think a lot of people just look at it and they're like, there's no way that this is Lyme disease. It's just, it's not possible. Um, but you know what, Rich, I think, um, we we've all been through a lot with this pandemic, but I always look for you know, the, the silver lining. And I think for us in the Lyme community, um, with, with people having COVID and this long haul, these long haul symptoms, people are starting to go, oh, wait a second. So Lyme disease, you have these symptoms and you just don't take a round of antibiotics and they go away. Yeah, I can kind of understand that now because this person I know had COVID. And so like we're having this um, aha reckoning moment, like people are starting to, I, I feel like it's things are, are starting to change and shift a little bit more in our favor as far as the understanding because of what's happened with people that got COVID and are still dealing with those symptoms. So I don't know if you kind of feel that same way, Alex, but I, I, I kind of feel like it's, it's helped to support our um, case with Lyme disease and the, the tricky um, diagnosis of it and the you know, buffet of symptoms that so many people have because not everyone fits the same you know, chronic Lyme uh, Right. No, I have been seeing a lot of, uh, a lot of articles on, on COVID and people that are still having, um, oh my goodness, help me guys. What is it? Um, the, the long haul, the, yeah, long like kind of, you know, like symptoms afterwards. Yeah, right. Yeah. Chronic symptoms. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I have been seeing a lot of that and it is, I'm seeing a lot of people say like, oh, well, this is the same thing as Lyme this is what Lyme patients deal with. Um, you know, same thing, same, same road. And, you know, one of the things that I, again, I'll share, and I don't, I don't want to share Matt's story. I'll let, I'll let him share this, but you know, Matt, Matt had some struggles at work, which is what caused us to come together. 
Uh, and there were, there were many people who were not sympathetic to Matt's uh, long haul symptoms um, you know, with Lyme disease. But uh, COVID has actually torn through his job. Many, many people at his job have had COVID and several of them, some of whom were not particularly kind to Matt are now suffering from long haul symptoms. Yeah. So there is sort of this, you're right, this epiphany that has happened, yes. I think, culturally, generally. But I also think because so many people have these long haul symptoms, they now understand um, you know, in, in, in a real way what it's like to have chronic symptoms and long haul symptoms. And, right. um, and because of that, hopefully there will be more um, empathy uh, yes. and sympathy for the folks who are going through this and they will hopefully feel more supported and therefore can get to a place where they can heal, right? Because it, you know, when you're being attacked in every way, you know, you're being attacked by your own mind, you're being attacked by the people who you have intimate relationships with, you, you're being attacked by, um, you know, by outside people. I mean, when you're, when you're constantly under siege, you're, you're in fight or flight and your body can't heal, right? So uh, it, is, uh, it is really sad that we had to culturally go through a reckoning uh, with COVID, but I think you're right. It is one of the positive elements of, um, you know, of becoming a more uh, sensitive uh, community to uh, people with chronic illness. So, so today, let me ask you another question, because one of the things that I really found to be powerful about your book is that you, you actually also, you wrote a really powerful uh, one-year anniversary letter, which was really, really, really powerful, but you also actually included in the book letters and texts that you'd received from your daughter's friends, and then your son wrote a really beautiful piece. So talk to us about why you included so many different perspectives in this book so that, um, you know, so that people would see that, that it wasn't just uh, you and your daughter who were in pain, but this was a disease that affected an entire community. Yeah, absolutely. Because when someone does have um, chronic illness, it absolutely impacts, you know, so many different people, not only the person that has it and, and the caretakers, but people in their um, circle as, as well. And I think I, again, just wanted to present, we, we all think our children are just wonderful and special, right? But it really touched yes, me. That <laughs> and it just really touched me how um, many people, you know, Alex, Alex's life had um, impacted and the different uh, relationships that she had and just how strong, um, you know, her relationships were, especially with her brother. I mean, they were best friends and, uh, you know, everything that he went through and is still going through um, upon her passing. But, um, oh gosh. Yeah, I, I I have to sit for a moment on that. It's it's you know it's still years later. It's still hard for me to to talk about the the losses because right. she was just so strong, and for people to look up to her, um, it's pretty overwhelming. It, and it really was really powerful, especially the way her brother described looking up to her, and he described their relationship it was really really beautiful. It really is. Um, so I'm gonna let Alex talk about this because again, it make me start crying as well. So Alex, talk about how you were moved by the um the pieces that alex i'm sorry that uh, i'm giving you the credit for this book alex uh, that jody <laughs> included in uh both uh both um uh jody's letter um after the one year anniversary and then the letters from the friends and the letters of course from alex's brother talk to us about how that impacted you when you were reading the book so for me i i loved reading those um those letters to alex 
um, especially because it let me know that Alex did have um, people that loved her and that validated exactly what it is that she was going through and ultimately um, the way things had ended. Um, it was it was really nice to know because throughout the book, um, you know, we don't we do hear from a lot of core people, you know, we do hear from her, from her friend, you know, in and out. And we do hear of Garrett. Um, and of course, Jody, her father. And it was just really nice just to, to read the, the last page, the last pages and the last letters, just to see that Alex wasn't alone. Um, and she had a lot of love around her. Um, it's just, <laughs> It's it's just beautiful, Jody, and she's she's so loved, and and I love that you're sharing her with us. And I, I tell you this all the time. Thank you for sharing Alex, because without without this, um, I don't think a lot of people would truly understand the battle that is behind Lyme, and the battle that you know parents are are having to go through for their children because there is no. Um, there really isn't a lot of, there's not a lot of help. There's help out there, but it's not, it's not very straightforward. It's going to be a battle and it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of, you know, zigzagged roads to get there. So now that I've composed myself, I, I just have to, I would be remiss if I didn't interject this because for those of you that have read um, the book, my faith and Alex's faith was, was everything. And we talked earlier about you know, the, the support and finding, um, how you can, uh, you know, find your, your groups, your, your, your strength, your core people to, to help you through life's challenges. And definitely for Alex and myself, it, it was our faith. And, you know, I, I tell people, I'm so blessed that, um, I had Alex in my life. Yes, it was only 22 years, but in the 22 years that she was with us, she, did so much for this Lyme community. And, um, you know, she was this amazing warrior. And in my letter to her, I didn't even really need to write the letter because she already knew and she continues to know what I do every day because she's guiding me, right? This is her foundation. Everything that I've done, we are still doing together. She just is, you know, that that guiding light for me. But um, yeah, our, our faith, got us through. And if she did not have her faith, she, um, you know, wouldn't have been able to help me to, to move forward and to, you know, show me in that split second when she passed away mm -hmm. where I'm going to be at the, the end of my journey, whenever that is, whatever that looks like. But, you know, I'm, I'm so in awe that, Alex did something so meaningful, so impactful, that's gonna carry on for years. Her awareness and what she brought to this disease, it's, it's gonna have, it already has so much meaning, so much um, hope for, for others. She kind of is the roadmap in showing people, don't give up, right? Keep pushing through. And when you feel like you can't go on any further, there is a God that will help you through. And yet, you know what? Her, her storyline maybe wasn't as the parent what I wanted, but it was what God wanted for her life. 
And so I need to continue to honor that surrendering of my will for God's will with what he wanted for Alex's life. And in that letter, it's basically stating that, you know, gosh, Alex, I'm so proud of you. And we're just going to continue to, to carry on with whatever it is that we are called to do. So, um, so I just had to say that because that really, um, again, for those that have read the book, my, my faith really got me through and it doesn't, you know, work that way for everybody, but I know in my life, it made me a, a stronger, better person. Well, Jody, that, that's actually the next point that I wanted to get to, because one of the things I think is really powerful about this book is you portray this physical battle in a very powerful way. You portray the emotional battle in a very powerful way. And then you also portray the spiritual battle in a very powerful way. And I think that's the strongest part of this story. And um, part of what I wanted to ask you is, Talk to us about why you chose to begin each chapter with scripture and what role that played in both your, um, your journey and Alex's journey um, with Lyme disease. Right. So um, Alex, uh, she, you know, she, she wasn't always a very spiritual person, but um, when you are knocked down on your feet, like this uh, disease did for, for Alex, she had to, she had to find something that was going to um, sustain her and, and help support her. And so she really turned to her, her faith and she would um, go through the, the Bible and she would find scriptures and verses that just really resonated with her. And so she'd write them on these three by five little note cards. And, you know, we had talked earlier about Lyme disease symptoms and how it impacts everybody differently. Well, as I said, you know, she was 122 pounds. And when she passed away, she was 57 pounds. So obviously her digestive system was just shot and she, um, it was hard for her to, to eat, but she knew that it's something that she had to do to sustain herself, um, because she didn't want to have to do a TPN. That was really her last resort. So she would sit there at the, the dining room table and she'd read her Bible and she'd write these verses on these little three by five cards. And then when it came time for her to eat, even like a little bowl of rice, it would take her maybe two hours to eat. And she would sit there just spoonful after spoonful, trying to consume nourishment. And she would read these cards and she'd have Christian music playing. And I had to walk away because I couldn't watch it but she was trying so hard just to fight and just to try and sustain her body. And so when I was writing this book, I knew that I wanted to share those scriptures and those verses with the readers, because if it helped Alex, maybe it would help them as well. Maybe they would find something in the Bible and those scriptures that would give them sus you know sustenance as well but um yeah that was really her, her faith was just so important for her and there were times too that she would carry those three by five scripture cards because she would be like at cbs pharmacy and she'd be picking up different um you know prescriptions or, or whatever and i remember this one time i had to go to a different aisle and alex was somewhere else in the store and within 10 minutes, she came to me and she was crying. And I said, what's wrong? She goes, mom, she goes, this lady came up to me and she said, 
you know, it's really not healthy for you to be so thin. I don't know why you're trying to starve yourself. And I was shocked. And I said, what? And I go, where's this woman? I go, you know, here I'm my mama bear defense. I go, where's this woman? I'll go over and, and talk to her. I said, and did you tell her that you had Lyme disease? And she said, well, no, I, I didn't. I just, you know, it just really hurt me. And I was just shocked. I said, okay, Alex. So what we need to do is we need to make more of those scripture cards. We need to pass those out when people, you know, say mean things like that. But we also need to make another three by five card and you need to write down Lyme disease and you need to put down the symptoms. So the next time someone says something hurtful to you, turn that into a training moment. Say, you know what? I'm really glad that you, um, you know, are concerned about me. And here, I'd like for you to read up on Lyme disease because this is what I have. And I hope that this helps to educate you. So I think, you know, finding those those moments where something terrible happens to you, but turning it into an educational moment, giving those people like Alex and Maddie moments when they can take their power back and someone has zapped it from them. So um, Alex, I'm wondering if you read the book the same way I did. Uh, and one of the things that I was interested in before um, Jody shared with us that, um, Alex did not journal is whether or not the cards that she had written, which became the headers for every chapter, ultimately became the framework for the book that her mom had written. Did you read it the same way and you see that really she was journaling and she was giving us a framework? We just didn't see it until ultimately the cards were put together with the beautiful story that Jody had written. Did you um did you see it the same way I did? Yes. Yes. Um, it, it's funny that you, that you say that. So I actually was, was thinking about Alex right now as in the way that she's seeing this and, and the, the framework of the book. So um, absolutely. If, if anything, I think it is probably my favorite part of the book. It's something that I looked forward to in every single chapter because I felt like it was almost like a really personal nod to Alex like it was, it was Alex here. Like she was, she was, you know, this was her, um, her way of being in the book and it was really beautiful. And it's, it's honestly, it's, it's one of my favorite parts of the book. I think it's so unique and it's so different and it's such a beautiful way to, to start the story and to know that Alex wrote these, these were, um, you know, verses that helped her and that gave her strength. I, I think it's so beautiful, Jody. Yeah, so, so Jody, one of the things that we've observed is that uh, the, the folks who have success on their journey, and you can define success however you want. I don't want, I don't want to sort of roll into this ableist arena, but um, but the people who have the most success on the journey are the people who are going through this personal development journey where they are developing physically, they are developing, they are developing emotionally. And they are developing spiritually. And we, we're always kind of cautious about, you know, discussing the spiritual piece of it, uh, especially in a culture like ours, um, uh, because, because in polite company, you don't talk about God. In polite company, you don't talk about spirit, right? Um, and, and one of the things that we say here at Tech Bootcamp is we don't tell anyone what they should believe. That's not our place. But we certainly encourage people to pursue, um, you know, the spirit, spiritual element of their life, whether it be uh, you know, there are some folks that, that are pursuing it in a traditional Christian way. There are some people who are who are finding 
um, you know, meaning through meditation, you know, contemplative med meditation. There are some folks who are, you know, uh, like Dr. Horowitz just re wrote a book on on um, on star seeds. But you know, there is this important spiritual element to it, and I think you're really um, very bravely and powerfully uh, built out. Um, you know, the the important element of that part of your journey. So I want to thank you for that as well. And I, I want to thank you for doing it the way that you did it. So talk to us about that piece and, and, and what the reaction has been to the book um, as it relates to the spiritual element of your journey. Oh, man, that again, I, we need like a whole day to talk about some of these subjects because, Rich, I... I toyed with that back and forth. I'm like, and, and even when I was done writing this book, I'm like, okay, now where's it going to land? Do I put it in the spiritual? Do I put it, you know, just specifically in the scientific with the, the Lyme disease? I mean, and pitching the, this book, some people just didn't want to, you know, look at it all. It's like, oh my gosh, that's a, you know, heavy subject. I said, oh, Lyme disease, no religion. <laughs> like, oh. if I needed to be true to myself. I needed to be true to Alex. And I thought, no, I'm, I'm going to do it. And you know what, let the cards fall where, where they may, but my religion is so important to me. It was definitely important to, um, to Alex. And I have got to um, put it in this book. So it was, and, and I hate to even say that it was such a, uh, rolling up the dice, right? I, we shouldn't have to be in a society where your faith has to be kind of, you know, put in, in check. I lead with my faith. Um, and I said earlier, I'm so glad that we're able to talk about, you know, Lyme disease and faith all in the same breath on this, um, on this episode, but it, it definitely, um, no pun intended, took a leap of faith to, to put that in the book. But I knew that I had to, I had to, or otherwise that's not Alex's story. That's only part of her story. As, as much as the, you know, Lyme disease was, was who Alex was, her faith was even stronger than that. Her faith was everything. So I had to include that in the book. I had to include how together you know, she helped me find my faith. Together, we stood there at that non-denominational church with our arms raised in spirit saying, you know what, God, we surrender. Like, we are down for whatever is going to happen because we know that you are walking with us every part of the, the journey. And also, you know, I have a chapter in here with Dr. Jill Carnahan, a doctor that let me, thank you, Dr. Jill, let me put in this book, how she prayed with us. You know, she wasn't, she wasn't afraid to say, yeah, Joni, I, I signed off on that. I did pray with you and Alex, when you guys came to me in my office and, and, and that, and it's, I mean, there was just so many blessings in this book that all came about because of, of God, how can I not put it in, in the book? When Alex passed away, $10,000, the exact amount that I needed for her, memorial service. I didn't have $10,000, but Alex made sure that I was going to get $10,000. And it came a week after she passed away from someone in the Lyme community that read about Alex's story. I mean, the blessings just go on and on and on. When you line yourself with God, whether it's a book, whether it's a podcast, whether it's whatever, 
blessings are going to happen. And I'm here to tell those stories. So let's talk about uh, uh, sort of the final pieces of this podcast. Let's talk about the medium that the two of you had used to communicate your story, which is books, right? Every medium, as you had just pointed out, has advantages and disadvantages, right? Podcasts are a medium. Social media is a medium. And you cho- you you both chose uh, books as um, as a medium. So talk to us, um, Jody, first. Why do you choose the book medium as the vehicle for sharing your daughter's story? And why do you think the medium works so well? Um, so, so yes, you know, I, I, I chose that as the, the medium and it works so well, but I also, um, in Fresno, I was, um, and I still am a pretty good, you know, um, community figure there. So my book worked because of my success in the community and the support that I had with the, the local media, with the radio, the, the TV the newspapers. Um, it was people in the community really pushing me to, to write this book. And, and of course, you know, Alex already knew that I was going to write it, but I needed people in my wheelhouse to give me that, that nudge, to give me that permission to do it. And so once I in my head knew that I was going to do it, um, I had people sign off on it within the, the community and, and help push me through. I also have been blessed that this Lyme community has embraced Alex as their own daughter. Um, you know, working with Global Lyme Alliance, working with Holiday Goodrow out of Denver, Colorado, um, Nicole, I mean, so many people, Allie Hilfinger, so many people supported me early on in the beginning. So, you know, I, in reaching out to them, trying to get their um, permission on this book as well. And once I knew that all my people were going to sign off on it, I'm like, okay, I can write this book now and I can get it out to more of the masses because I've got people support that will help push it out. Um, so yes, I'm, I've been very blessed to have so many wonderful people in my corner that made this happen for so many other people that didn't know about Lyme disease, that didn't know about Alex's story to put it into print and now have it be on Amazon, have it already sold about 1500 copies, having it reach people that it really needs to reach. But it it really takes a village, right? And I know I'm sure, you know, Alex can talk to you about the people that she's had in her corner that helped her with her book. But it definitely, this, this book, I have so many people to, to be thankful for that um, allowed me to, to write it but then also help me to, to push it out in this form that now it can be in print. God forbid, you know, if I get hit by a bus or maybe I win a million dollars and I'm like, peace out, people see you. I'm going to go on my little island and hang out by myself because I'm done with y'all. <laughs> it's, her, her story's in print and I can be happy with that. Laura, Jody, if, if you win the lottery, we're going to come and find you. So don't think you're going to win. I'll fly you over on my my private jet for maybe about a week, but then you have to go. Sorry, Alex and I are going to get on the boat and drag you back. So don't worry. So Alex, talk to us about, uh, and and I do want to share with our community. I finally got my signed version of uh, Miley's Lime story. I I had purchased my my version of this uh, um, a couple of months ago, uh, but I finally got my signed copy. So thank you, Alex and Madeline, for sending me a signed copy of this beautiful book. 
So talk to us, Alex, about why you chose this medium and how the medium has worked so well for you, because you, of course, have written one of the first books, and in my opinion, the best children's book on, uh, on Lyme disease. Thank you. Wait, and I just have to interrupt really quick. Thanks, Alex, yes. for making me feel like a schmuck because I have to send him a signed copy now. I have yes. not done that. <laughs> High five, Rich. No. <laughs> no. Um, I, you know, same with Jody. Um, I, I'm not a writer. It was, it was pretty challenging. Um, especially for me, I'm not, I'm not great with words. And um, I disagree. But I, it was a a pretty big challenge for for me um and so I knew when Madeline was diagnosed I I knew the books that she liked to read and she liked to read very colorful books and so that's more along the lines of what had happened and I wanted to find a children's line book that was very friendly very vibrant and a little bit more light yet educational um for Madeline and I wanted something that she could I don't want to say have fun with but also not see it as scary. Um, so that's kind of like how we started and, and it just kind of took off from there. It, it was a challenge. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know about publications. I didn't know about editors. I did not know about illustrations. I didn't know about how important a front cover is. Jody. I'm sure um, you learned, you know, the front cover is everything. It's, it's really what's going to, you know, grasp the reader, whether they pick it up or not. Um, so there, there was just so much to learn. And I'm just, I'm just really honored to be in the same category. Jody, we're both authors. I know. Can you believe it? Oh my gosh. No, it's, it's really, it's really mind blowing. And I'm just, I'm really honored to be in the same category as you. And um, it's, it's fun. It's been a learning experience, right? Are, are oh you going to write gosh. another one? Oh, I, I don't, you know, girlfriend, I am just a couple years older than you. I, I don't, I'm, I'm too old for this. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Alex, I want, I want to get your reaction to something else. Uh, yes. You and I interviewed a woman from Scotland, um, yes, Kate Kate. Petrie, um, yes. who uh, actually did some videos. I don't know if you saw them after our episode. She actually got your book. Um, and for those of you who have not listened to episode 263 of our podcast, uh, what Kate Petrie shared with us is that she grew up on a farm. She was bitten by ticks all during her childhood and ultimately became chronically ill. And she put up videos saying that had she had Alex's book during her childhood, she believed she would not have Lyme disease. How do you feel about Kate putting up those videos? And how do you feel about uh, the importance that your book is um, or the role that your book is playing in educating children in the community? Wow. Um, That's pretty awesome. (laughs) It's pretty awesome. Um, Yeah, you know, it's just about getting more information out there. It's about getting awareness. Um, Madeline was actually asked to read her book to the second grade class over at her elementary school. And I was really surprised. I did not expect this, but the kids had questions. They wanted to know more about Lyme disease. They wanted to know more about um, getting bit. (laughs) They wanted to know more about... um, which bugs, you know, this can come from. They were actually really intrigued. And obviously they were intrigued because they have no idea what Lyme disease is. And this all goes back to um, 
you know, a really awesome thing that Jody's also has done. You've worked with the Girl Scouts, Mm -hmm. um, you know, to help educate them. And, you know, it's really nice because they get a patch at the end. uh, And we all know that's, you know, their goal. They want to get, you know, the best goal of all the patches, Madeline's and Girl Scouts. So it's just really about, you know, educating and, and just spreading it out there. You know, like I said, Madeline's second grade class, she's in fourth grade. Um, they all had questions and they were all really eager to ask. And it's because they have no idea what Lyme disease is. Right. No idea. So, uh, you know, it all starts at home too. We need to educate, you know, the parents. Right. So we, we need to be aware, um, mm-hmm. cognitively aware. We need to be emotionally aware where we have some understanding. And then, of course, we have to have uh, physical awareness so that we can take action. Right. And we need to we need right. to have all the steps of action. And both of you coming from with the same medium, but coming to a different audience is doing the same thing. Right. You're, you're putting people in a position where they now have the awareness that neither of you had before your children got sick that will hopefully put them in a position where they can educate their children so that their children can protect themselves and they as parents can hopefully um, you know, identify the challenges before um, you know, people become chronically ill. So, um, so, so to tie up the podcast, Jody, let's talk about what's going on now with the book. I mean, the, the book has gotten a great deal of attention. The sales are rigorous and now you're being called to uh, speak in places but you never would have been called to speak had you not written this book. So talk about how this book has changed your life and it's transformed uh, you into the advocate that you never dreamed you'd become. Right. Gosh, Rich, I just, yeah. I mean, you know, Alex passed in March of 2018. And as you guys were talking, I, I had to go back through that letter that I wrote to Alex because I can't even believe the stuff that's happened since she passed away. You know, I, I have a full-time job. Like this is this is my side gig, right? I mean, I am like gainfully employed. And when you ask, oh, are you gonna write another book? That's why I'm like, dear God, like <laughs> it, it it takes, as Alex knows, you know, so much, so much time. Um, but yes, since you know this this book has come out, um, it has just been amazing, amazing the um the, the impact that it's creating both on the spiritual end and also both in the, the Lyme community. So I've been um, doing a lot of speaking engagements at churches, talking about, you know, Alex's faith um, journey, my faith journey in the process. I have um, two really big um, uh, conferences that I'm going to be um, speaking at this coming September. And again, you know, just when you said about like with the, the cards and how Alex, you know, is, is helping me, um, she helped me write this book when I was just blasting her earlier in the in a <laughs> interview going, gosh, darn it, Alex, you know, you didn't even help me. And you guys are like, whoa, Jody, yeah, she did help you. I'm like, oh yeah, I guess she did. <laughs> but so this September, I'm going to be um, uh, one of the, the speakers for the Central California Women's Conference. It's about uh, 4,000 ladies in attendance. And we just found out who the keynote speaker is, which is Dr. Jennifer Ashton, the ABC News chief medical correspondent. Huh, interesting, right? So guess who's going to be getting a signed copy of My Promise to Alex. Uh, and in, in addition to Rich getting his signed copy. Yeah, in addition to, yeah, Rich, you're, I'm, I'm already signing yours. Your, yours is already right, like right, in right, the mail, right, so to speak. Right, right. <laughs> but yeah, so hopefully, hey, who knows? Maybe next step will be Good Morning America. But, you know, I'd love how things, again, 
you do right by him, he's just going to set things up in your life. So I have that going on. And then a week later, I'm going to be speaking to 300 doctors at a medical um, convention who believe so strongly in this book. They have already bought 300 copies of this book. So um, yeah, this, this is just the beginning. I just believe that this is just the beginning in this whole um, awareness journey. And you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm good with all that. And if I can keep working with people like you, Rich, and with um, Alex, I, this is what I'm called to do, right? This is what I'm called to do. So I don't take any of this. I do joke around a lot. I'm a jokester, but I don't take any of this lightly. I mean, I, I want to do right by God and I want to do right by Alex. And if I could create half the impact that Alex did in her 22 years, then I'm super blessed and honored. I think that's a perfect way to end this podcast. In fact, I don't think I could do anything other than uh, other than make myself look dumb if I say something <laughs> other than that's a perfect way to end this podcast. So Jody uh, Hudson, I can't thank you enough for uh, being kind enough to allow Alex Castellanos and I to um, serve as co-hosts uh, and share the story. And I strongly urge everyone in our community to purchase and read this book. Uh, so Jody, as a, as, as a sort of a final word, and this will be a final word, can you share with folks how they can get My Promise to Alex? Through Pain Comes Purpose, the, the book that you've written? Yes, thank you so much. So if you go to our website, which is www.alexhudsonlimefoundation.org, on the homepage is the link to Amazon where people can um, click on and uh, purchase the book. And I really, um, should I say beg? Yes, I'm begging. Um, if people read it and they, um, and it touches them, please leave a review. As Alex knows, reviews are very important to um, self-published authors. We don't have the, you know, big um, publishing houses behind us. It's just by word of mouth that we can get this book out. So the more reviews that are put on our um, uh, book, the better off it will do. And, you know, this is an important story uh, to get out. So I really appreciate the time that you um, let me talk about uh, my promise to Alex with everybody. And we're certainly gonna encourage everyone not only to purchase the book, but also to write a review. And, and, and I did commit to you, Jody, earlier, and I'll now commit to it publicly. I'll be writing my review and uh, putting up my review. And Alex, thank you for finally sending me a copy, of, a signed copy of your book as well, because one of the things I also wanna share with our community is Matt Sabatello rarely reads books, yet everybody sends him signed copies of the book. I read all the books and no one sends me signed copies. So I don't want to sound like a whiner, but I do want to make sure that folks, when you send me your books in the future, I would really appreciate getting a signed copy and not just sending one to Matt. So with, with that being uh, my, my, final, um, my final wine, I want to again, thank you too for being so kind to share your time with the folks in the Tick Bootcamp community. Yes, thank you, Jody. Oh my gosh, this has been awesome. Thank you both so much. Thank you for listening to the Tick Boot Camp interview with the author of My Promise to Alex, Jody Hudson. To our listeners, we have a call to action. First, if you would like to learn more about Jody Hudson, visit her Instagram page at Research for Alex. Second, if you enjoyed this episode of Tick Boot Camp podcast, please share it with your friends by using the social media buttons you see at the bottom of the post. Third, Tick Boot Camp has created a Tick Bite Blueprint that is inspired by the information that has been provided by the past guest on this podcast. 
We urge you to visit our website at www.tickbootcamp.com to view the blueprint. Please note that we would appreciate any input or improvements you would like to offer. Fourth, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify to get the automatic episode updates for our Tick Bootcamp podcast. And finally, we thank our community for your comments on our past podcast episodes. Please take a minute to leave us an honest review on Apple Podcasts, on Instagram, or on our website. We make it a point to read every single one of the reviews we get. Thanks for listening.